You are listening to the Center Church Podcast. Center Church is an unapologetic urban church in the heart of Richmond for the heart of Richmond. Our mission is simple, to empower people towards a life-giving journey with Jesus. Enjoy the podcast. First timers in Palm Sunday. Any first timers with palms on Palm Sunday? Have you ever done this before? Yeah, this is kind of interesting, right? How about this? We're using waving palms, my goodness gracious. Well, um, I want to, again, thank you all so much for being here. And we're going to talk about the story that Crystal just read. And Crystal, can I compliment your Palm Sunday fashion in putting palms in your boots? That's really cool. Uh, Other Palm Sunday fashion, Lauren Leggett, the first Palm Sunday was a riot. I love it. That's brilliant. That is some theological creativity right there. Um, Okay, as we prepare to pass the peace and then to look at our story today, uh, would you pray with me? Come, Holy Spirit, and fill us with your presence and open to us a way for Jesus to enter our lives as Jesus entered Jerusalem so long ago. Oh God, make us something new today. In your holy name we pray. Amen. Uh, Before we pass the peace, I have two questions for you. First, why do we worship? Okay. Why do we worship? And second, have you ever experienced an earthquake? All right. Uh, So we're going to take a minute to greet each other. If you're feeling a little less social today, that's okay. There's room for all of us here. Um, You can just wave people off and we'll understand. But if you're up for it, If you're up for it, I invite you to turn to somebody that you don't know and just find out if they have ever experienced an earthquake, okay? Would you greet someone and share a story if you're up for it? Let's take some time. You can stand as you're able if you want. Okay, well, let's go ahead and regather. Um, thank you all so much for sharing stories. Thank you all for being open to each other and to uh, open to recollection, because that's such an important part of what we do in the work of worship that we share. Uh, I wanted to share, I have experienced an earthquake, August 23rd, 2011. Did anyone else share that? Oh, I see people nodding. Okay, you remember that one. Yeah, all right. Um, at that time, my family had just moved to Fluvanna County, and uh, we had lived there for about eight weeks at that point. And at 1.51 p.m., my spouse, Shay, and I were talking there in the living room of our house. She was holding our one-year-old daughter, and our whole house began to shake. 
I have this memory of the second floor that we were standing on, which was really just carpet-covered plywood, um, pitching and even rippling a little bit. That's what I remember. And once it stopped and we felt safe, we dashed outside to see if anyone else was reacting. And sure enough, other neighbors were coming out of their houses too. What was that? Did you feel it? And who are you? (laughs) Because we hadn't yet met any of our neighbors. But now we were all sharing phone numbers like fast friends forged by experiencing an earthquake together. Well, on this Palm Sunday, I want us to talk about earthquakes and worship. Earthquakes and worship. Earthquakes because did you know that in Matthew's gospel, there are three earthquakes that happen between Jesus entering Jerusalem and Jesus rising from the dead on Easter. There are three earthquakes. The first earthquake was in our reading today that Crystal read. And we'll get to that, okay? Uh, Then I want to talk about worship for two reasons. And first, what we experience here is this combined community of Boulevard United Methodist Church, of Center Church, and of newer people. And we've been worshiping together for nearly four months now. For nearly four months now, you all have courageously leaned into doing this new thing because as God's people, we have more in common than not. As God's people, we have more in common than not. And I applaud each of you. Sorry. I applaud each of you. So thank you. The second reason that I want to talk about worship is that this Palm Sunday story offers us together some really helpful common ground in naming together what worship is and why we do it. I mean, Jesus comes to town and people shake their palms and they shout in praise. This is some good worship. So let's get into this story together. And let's start with our first question. Why do we worship? Why do we worship? Why do we travel here On Sunday morning, why do we gather together? Why do we sing songs and tell stories that are thousands of years old? Why do we give offerings and receive bread and wine and call them body and blood? That's kind of weird. Do you all think about that? What you do is kind of weird. Do you do this kind of thing anywhere else? Why do you do it at all? I wonder if we think about this as much as we could. I wonder if sometimes we lose touch with why we worship. And then worship becomes just one more thing, one more commodity in our lives. Worship is one more thing that we consume for our entertainment. Maybe we rate worship, kind of like going to a movie. Was it a good production? Was I comfortable at all times? Did I like the music? Did it make me feel all the feelings that I want to feel? And the trouble is that if that's what worship is, then what is at the center of that? Is it really God? Or is it us? Is there anything more to our experience of worship than consumer Christianity? Why do we worship? 
Why do we worship? Our two communities didn't share worship before, but we agree together that worship is worth doing, which is literally the origin of the old English word worship, worth-ship. Worth-ship, an acknowledgement of worth. We worship because of some deep sense of the sacred in this world. And it is worth offering our time and our space and our gifts and our lives to experience that sacred. We sense the sacred. We sense the sacred in sunrise and sunset and cell biology. We sense the holy in our humanity, in the cry of the infant and in the wisdom of the elder. We sense mystery in medicine, in the breaking of bread, in the table grace, in the sound of surprise. As the poet wrote, earth's crammed with heaven and every common bush afire with God, but only she who sees takes off her shoes. The rest sit round and pluck blackberries. Elizabeth Barrett Browning. We have sensed and we have seen and we are here to take off our shoes, for we are on holy ground. This is why we worship. Worship is first and foremost not about us, but about God with us. Worship is second about our response to God with us. Not having the coolest coffee machine, not singing my favorite song, not pleasing the wealthiest people, but responding to the grace of God with us. For all of you Bible readers out there, you may know that there is a word for God with us. And the word is Emmanuel. O come, O come, Emmanuel. We sing that sometimes around Advent, Christmas. Emmanuel, it's a name that we use for Jesus, God with us. And in our story today, when Jesus comes to Jerusalem, when people come face to face with Emmanuel, just look at how God with us provokes a response. We're going to look at our story. We're going to briefly identify four parts of worship in this story. And we'll just see if that's helpful to you in thinking about why we worship and what we do together in worship. So first, preparation. In our story, before entering Jerusalem, Jesus tasks two disciples with preparing the way. Preparation. Jesus sends his friends to get a donkey and a colt, says Matthew, that Jesus can ride into town. And just so, we've all done some preparation today, haven't we? Everybody prepared, to some extent, to come here from brushing our teeth, you know, you're wearing a mask. It's okay if you didn't brush your teeth, right? That's cool. From brushing our teeth to baking bread, from greeting guests to rehearsing the band to simply showing up. Our Boulevard Lay leader, Lauren Leggett, told me this past week. She goes, I've realized how important a part of worship it is for me to show up early. I'm not saying everybody has to, but Lauren just identifies. You know. It's important for me to show up early to prepare myself and to be present to other people, that's part of worship too, she said. That's part of worship too. Wow. How is preparation 
an essential part of worship for you. Preparation. The second part, procession. As Jesus enters Jerusalem, a large crowd gathers, spreads clothes on the road, and cuts palm branches to lay them in Jesus' path. Now, we don't have acolytes and choirs to process down the aisle here, but every single one of us here, every single one of us here is part of a procession through those doors into this sacred space. We come from different parts of town, from different places in the heart, but our one procession unites us in the declaration that the mystery of God with us is worth it. It's worth it to be here, worth it to give our time, our lives, and we continue in our procession around the table when we come to receive Holy Communion. So how is your procession, your gathering with God's people, an essential part of worship for you? I remember when I started the ordination process to become a mini, uh, an ordained minister, I got excited. This is really selfish. I got really excited because, like, I can practice Holy Communion on my own. <laughs> like, how? what is that about? I was like, yeah, I could just, like, do that anywhere. Well, guess what? I can't because you can't do communion alone. That wouldn't be communion, would it? We practice communion together. We need each other, don't we? Okay, third part of worship, praise. When Jesus enters Jerusalem, the crowds shout, Hosanna! Hosanna! Oh, y'all, ah, where were they? Hosanna! There we go, all right. All right, scholar Amy Jill Levine says that the Hebrew word Hosanna means save now. Save now. And it, this word can be found in Psalm 118, which is one of the Hallel praise psalms, Psalms 115 to 118, and these psalms are recited during Passover according to Jewish rabbinic tradition. And this reminds us that our praise may be expressed here in the moment, but our praise is always sourced much further back. Our praise is shaped by the ancients, by spiritual traditions. The more deeply we are formed in dialogue with psalms and stories, with histories and mysteries, the more deeply we can offer our praise. We're shaped by that stuff. We're not making it up as we go along. We're shaped by deep spiritual tradition. So how is spiritual tradition an essential part of worship for you? Okay, and fourth, provocation provoking. When Jesus enters Jerusalem, the whole city is, as Crystal read, stirred up. Stirred up. I told you there was an earthquake in our story. The Greek word here, estaisthi, gets translated as stirred up. The city gets stirred up or in turmoil or agitated. But check this out. Estaisthi, the Greek, Estaisthi shares the same root as seismos and seismon, words for the earthquakes, the earthquakes that occur again when Jesus dies on Good Friday and when Jesus is risen on Easter. 
later in the Gospel of Matthew. Seismos, seismon, it's where we get the root of the word seismic. Seismic. When Jesus enters Jerusalem and the whole city is esthesthi, there is seismic activity in the city. Jesus enters Jerusalem and the city is shaken. Shaken. Shaken to its foundations. And the earthquakes don't stop there this holy week. This city will be rocked by what is to come. So how is provocation, how is being shaken an essential part of worship for you? In worship, how are you shaken to your foundations? Why do we worship? Well, if we take Jesus's procession into Jerusalem as a model, like we're doing, then we worship for more than just to be stirred in our emotions. We worship to be shaken to our foundations. We worship to be shaken to our foundations. As Annie Dillard says, in church, we should all be wearing crash helmets. Greeters should issue life preservers and signal flares. They should lash us to our seats, for the sleeping God may wake someday and take offense. Or the waking God may draw us out to where we can never return. Wow. We are playing with power here, y'all. We are playing with power. Beware. Beware. Worship would change us. Not let us be the same as when we came in, but change us. You may have heard it called liturgy, which literally means the work of the people. It's the work that we do, all of it, preparation and praise, procession, provocation. The work we do it's the work that we do, and it's working on us. It is working on us. We don't, oh, it's like intense exercise. Is anybody here like doing the exercise that really gets your heart rate going? You ever do that? Y'all are like, nope, no. Nope. <laughs> no, but why do we do intense exercise? Is it because it always makes us feel really great? No, no, we do it because it shapes us because it shapes us, and just so the work of worship can transform us. But it's not a spectator sport. Jesus doesn't let us stay on the sidelines, right? He tasks disciples with preparing the way. He tasks us with joining the procession, with shouting praise, with provoking change, even provoking the powers that be. Because that's part of the story too, right? Jesus comes to Jerusalem and who gets provoked? The religious leaders, the political leaders, Pontius Pilate, the governor. These people get provoked when Jesus comes to town. Enough to kill him. Enough to kill him. And I wonder whom God may provoke through you. I wonder whom God may provoke through you. I'd like to invite the band to come back up, but I want you all to hear this. This is an invitation to Holy Week, okay? This is an invitation to Holy Week when we do more worship than any other week of the year. So at some point you may be like, why do we worship so much? Why do they keep sending out emails about worship? Well, why do we worship, right? Why do we worship? To be transformed, 
to be transformed, to be shaken to our foundations. Palm Sunday, Good Friday, Easter sunrise, Easter morning. It's so much worship. Why do we worship? Because we hope it will shake us to our foundations. Deep enough to change our hearts and lives. It's worth it. It's worth it to come for another earthquake on Good Friday, 7 p.m., right here when we remember the story of Jesus' death. It's worth it to come for another earthquake at Easter sunrise, 6.15 a.m., I know, I know, and our other services on Easter Sunday morning when we remember the story of Jesus' resurrection. It's worth it. It's worth it. It could change us. May we in our worship be shaken. And my seismic friends, may we in the power of Christ's death and resurrection be provoked to change and shake the world on earth as it is in heaven. Amen.